There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the Harrison Boone Podcast. Is it impact that cauliflower's the year, or is it squeezing that cauliflower's nah, the year? it's usually in Usually, it'll, you see all the rugby players using the scrubs. Yeah. They whack each other inside. But with, with my one, I remember that one started with a... Um, That's a, so fat. Yeah, I know. It it's like with a, a big ball of fat yeah, on your head. Yeah, it's what they feel like. They feel Oh, well, that isn't. Well, it's like it's gone like um it's like cartilage. Yeah. It is. It's the third one as well. Just it just calcifies. They're cool. It happens once because they get a, a, a fucking painful when it first happens. It's so painful. But then after like saying like mine happened like five years ago now. So it's, yeah, it's, it's been sweet for a while. But like like now and they get. Worse. So once they go hard, they don't hurt anymore. Once yeah, pretty much yeah. Well, he yeah. he's more still. This one fairly fresh. nothing. Just up the top here hurts. The bottom nothing like. This one, Pete will have a good try. Try to crush it, he won't. Yeah, he won't have to do this. Can we pierce them while you're here? On the <laughs> yeah, put, put a big bathroom on that. Yeah, need a freaking drill through it. Yeah, I'm, I'm a chippy bro, I've got everything. <laughs> bottom, <laughs> oh, can we, shoot it with a, can we shoot it with an owl gun? Oh, fuck. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not into that. I thought you were tough. Good not that tough. <laughs> <laughs> there is a line. No, that's, yeah, that's a line. Little one-eight drill bit all the way through it, imagine that. Oh. So, Peter and I met at a bow tie boy event at a gay party. Alright, oh, that was So, for those that don't know, sitting here with Peter Gallen and... Jordan. Jordan, Jordan your last name? Dickey. Jordan Dickey. And my guest today are here to talk about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Peter's one of the top grapplers in Australia. Um, I'm, uh, so currently, yeah, I'd say I've ranked fairly high at the moment. Um, I do a lot of competing. I have been beaten a few times by some, some high-level guys, but um, I do like to consider myself one of the best purple belts in the country, yes. And then Give us your resume. My resume, I've been training since I was 10 years old. I'm 18 years now, 19 next month. What are you going to do for it? Probably nothing crazy, cause gotta save, you know. Trying to go back to Brazil this year, you know. What's What's the training like in Brazil compared to Australia? Is well, it like a whole another level? It's Bra- yeah, it's a it's another thing. Like, 
I've kind of taken what I did there and I'm replicating it back here. So now I'm working a lot less, I'm training more. Like today, for example, I woke up 5am this morning, went to the gym to be there at 6 for the 6 till 7 strength and conditioning. And then straight after I studied jiu-jitsu for an hour, I got a little book I write in. And then after that, had something quickly to eat, chill for a bit, had a little nap, and then I went to the 12 o'clock class. That's for an hour. Did some like drills and then some sparring and then went home, had a quick had a quick um quick meal, went back to the gym and taught the class. And we just got back from the gym then. Nice. Just, uh, nice. So your life is basically jujitsu at this point. At this point, yeah. Like full time job. Full time, yeah. Like I go, train, teach. So you're teaching classes as well? I teach the kids, yeah. So what what belt are you? I'm blue belt now. You're a blue belt. But I have like eight years of jujitsu. So <laughs> like if I started when I was an adult, if I was 18, now I'd be like brown belt. So yeah. Why? Why the discrepancy so, if you start as an adult? What happens is like when you're a kid, they have like the kids belt system. And then when you turn 16, you go into the adult belts. So wouldn't that make you progress faster? Yeah, so like, um, with the with the belts, it works as like for the kids, it goes white, gray, or, uh, yellow, orange, and then green. So there's five belts. So like a green belt has like if he started from white, like white, gray, he did all the belts, he would have like black belt, same amount of time, like ten years. If it was like a kid, like we have some kids that start at like three. But you can't give like a six-year-old a black belt. So they have like the, the, the kids belt system. They have the kids belt system and then it sounds like you got rolled over somewhere. And then you roll. Yeah, belts. so like for me, I went from orange belt in the kids and then I went to blue belt, which is like the second belt for adults. So what would you be if you'd started? So you said you'd be brown belt now. If I started. If you'd started in the adult system. Yeah. It seems like it's unfair to not be a brown belt now. It, it, it can be, based on, but based like... Based on how much time you've put into the sport, right? It can be, but like, man, it's like, it's like this for people all the, all over the country. Like, I know kids my age who have been blue belts for five years and just changing over to purple now, you know? Like the next one. What, what is the system of progression in the belt system like do you have to achieve certain knowledge or not so much it's just about like it depends where you where you train and stuff like the way our our coach Gio he runs it as like overall like if you help out it how you go in the competitions if you compete some people like to compete and then some people like to do just as like a lifestyle Is it like a recreational sort of yeah it can be both that's fine if you have to if you have to change over we'll just give yeah. it a second so yeah for a lot of people that don't understand jiu-jitsu it's, it's a very hard concept to grasp especially when you're going through the belt system so as an adult there's five belts so white blue purple brown black so i started jiu-jitsu a little bit older i was about 26 when i started 
Um, but I've been competing pretty much the entire time. So I think 2017 was my first competition. And then as a white belt, I achieved a fair bit of success. I won a national title as a white belt. Um, at blue belt in the first couple of years, I didn't have as much success. But then at the later end of the blue belt, I started going in competitions and winning you know, basically walking through competitions, getting gold medals, um, like left, front and centre. So then my coach at the time at a different club basically had no choice but to promote me to the next belt, which is purple. That was two years ago now. Um, and then once again, once you start uh, from a new belt, it becomes increasingly more difficult to get wins at that belt because you've got guys who have already been there for, you know, probably two or three years. And yeah, but there's no real actual signs of progression. Some guys can get a, a white belt, uh, sorry, a blue belt, purple belt, brown belt in you know three or four years, whereas other guys might stay on a blue belt for three years and then a purple belt for three years. It really just depends on how they go as a competitor. How hungry they are as well. Well, yeah, definitely. How hungry they are. Uh, how, how much, much you're putting can... into it. How you're progressing. Exactly. Yeah. So that's one of the things the coaches will see if you're turning up to training four nights a week and competing every month. You're going to progress faster, provided you you know you're showing the skills. Like it's, I've seen blue belts beat black belts in competition. There are some competitions where you can compete uh, as a blue. Like you see, you got comps where you can have a, a beginners division, intermediate, and a professional division. So I've been competing in the professional division for the last probably three years now. And in the beginning, I wasn't having much success. And then the last probably two years, I've um, started to place you know, third and second, and I've even won one or two uh, divisions as a as a as a purple belt, but in the professional division. So competing against guys with brown belts and black belts. But um, that's more of a, a no gear game. And once again, for the people who don't understand jiu-jitsu very often, there's two two dimensions of it. There's the in the gi, which is your, your kimono or the pajamas, which a lot of guys will call them which is basically the uniform that you're fighting. And then you've got the no-gi, which is you just, you know, some competitions you can do it without a shirt on. It's just basically like, it's just the UFC, the MMA grappling component of it. It's just no no striking. So it's all your groundwork, all your chokes, all your submissions, your arm bars. And then there's, the last few years, there's been this uh, progression into leg locks. Um, you know, there's been a few American guys and Brazilian guys who are you know, amazing grapplers, but they've developed this game to basically break guys' legs. And now, yeah... And you've seen, you'll see there's videos all over the internet of guys breaking their legs doing jiu-jitsu and that. Why would you want to break someone's leg? It's not so much that you want to break a leg, but at the end of the day, it is a contact sport. It is, a, uh, so it is you know, more or less a fight sometimes. Um, and just the submissions that uh, with your leg lock game, there's, um, the thing about jiu-jitsu, it's not designed to hurt you. It's not designed to sort of... Um, it's designed to, to break limbs and designed to kill you if you look at you know for the chokes for example if you hold a choke for long enough and I'm not saying it kills someone right you, you're, you're, you're going to choke them to death if you, if you want to but you know guys tap out in the first two or three seconds and you know I've seen I've seen Jordan here go to sleep on the mat once because someone choked him and he didn't didn't tap out in time um, I've been put to sleep myself probably five or six times now on the mats it seems to be a little bit of a rite of passage though when you start doing jiu-jitsu to get choked out well, I think, just to see what it feels like, right? Well, I think a lot of guys will. Um, is that not a standard thing in jujitsu? Like, oh, definitely. When you it's start off, guys are like, "Oh, I'll choke you out. You see what it's like. Come back. It's fine." It's yeah. Well, it's not not so much the guys will say, "Here's what it feels like." It's more so someone on the other end, the receiving end, will be like, "God, I wonder how it feels." And next thing you don't actually, you never know you're going to sleep. The thing is, you're getting choked, and then shit, you wake up and you go. Oh, I just got choked out. <laughs> <And> <laughs> so it's like, you're kind of like, oh, I didn't even know what happened. Yeah, exactly. 
got no idea what's actually happening. And the thing about jujitsu is it, it doesn't take a lot to really... It, obviously, there's a lot in the skill involved in choking someone out, but it doesn't take a lot of pressure, does it, to really choke someone out? It really doesn't. So it's just all, all it is is you, you're stopping the blood circulation of the brain, you're stopping the oxygen going to the brain, and next thing, I think your, your body just... Or your brain goes into panic mode and shuts your body down for some reason, and... Obviously, if you don't tap in time, you, there's you know there's always ten or fifteen people on the mats, and and the person choking you, they'll know you've gone to sleep, so they're not going to hold a choke for five minutes. If once they're on, you know they're on. So if someone doesn't tap in the first ten seconds, you generally let them go and go. Oh shit, they're asleep. Or, so I've got know. a I've got a choke out story that I'll throw into the chat, <laughs> right? So when we were in school, and like kids in school, always come up with the best ideas. Right, and so we were playing this game one day where you take a deep breath and then someone would come behind you and like like would like no they'd come behind you and like basically bear hug you around your arms right and so their their hands would sort of come out around your chest and they'd start squeezing and you had to hold your breath and I remember um, waking up on the ground and my legs really hurt right and um I was like, why the fuck does my leg hurt? Like, I was like waking up like out of this daze. I had no, no idea what had happened. My fucking leg was killing me, right? And um, Roy was the kid that choked me out, like made me pass out from, I don't know what, I don't know what caused it. And they're like, one of, one of my mates was like, well, Roy didn't let you down in time. And you started having a seizure on the ground. <laughs> And we thought you were faking it, so we started kicking you. <laughs> that's my that's my fa- that's my um, choke out story. So I know what it's like to wake up, and it's like you kind of wake up dizzy, like kind of dazed, like I don't know where I am, what day of the year it is, like you know yeah. what I mean. Like it's kind of it's weird, but yeah, also kind of feel like you just woke up from a nap, kind of thing. Like well, it's yeah. a I think it's a weirdest thing. I think your body must go into some sort of reset mode because. The last time I was actually put to sleep was during a nighttime class and I remember going home that night and feeling so awake and like I had so much energy and I didn't sleep a wink that night. It's like, it's honestly like you've probably had 12 hours sleep. It's, it's, it's a weird, it's a very, very odd sensation for people who have never actually passed out from a choke. Um, it's, yeah, it's really hard to explain. So I'm not saying go and choke out your mates or go and choke out your, your partner, but... <laughs> If you want to go jump on a jiu-jitsu mat, definitely go and go and experience it because it's 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 a sport that I think everyone should definitely experience. And once again, I'm not saying you need to get choked out because it is quite scary on on the way to that point. But um, there's a few people I'd like to choke out. Oh, I think I think everyone's got one or two people we want to choke out and sort of watch them watch them convulsing on the ground. That's what happens. You, it's happened. I think the first time I ever did some of the training, they were on the ground and they were you know shaking and having like convulsions or a seizure, I suppose. And you shit yourself at first. And then the second time you might shit yourself again. But then the third and fourth time you do it at training because everyone will put someone to sleep eventually. And the funny thing is, after a few times of doing it, you sort of go, oh, they didn't tap. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's pretty funny when you, when you see someone go to sleep, you go, oh, you dickhead, why didn't you tap out? Sometimes it's because, you know, you might have a lower, you might be rolling with a lower belt. And sometimes you let them get positions, you let them get a choke on, and then you try and get out of it. and for just, the training aspect of it for the training aspect but yeah. some some guys are very proud like I've definitely you know in the past I've been rolling with guys when I was first beginning and 
they were much, much more higher in the ranks than me and, you know, they let me get positions. The next thing, they've got me in a choke. Oh, sorry, I've got them in a choke and they're just like, oh, shit, hang on, I'm not going to let him finish me. So they won't tap. They'll try everything to get out of it. Next thing, they're on the ground sleeping, snoring. Uh. And it's, it's quite funny. And the same thing happened to me. I've done it before. I've definitely... I took my pride onto the mat with me once and I, um, yeah, I'll let you know, someone get me in a, in a position where I, I couldn't get out and not... Yeah. Like you I said, just went to sleep. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't swallow my pride. Or, is there more? Um, do you think there's more ego in not tapping? Definitely. You, that's one of the things. A lot, a lot of gyms you go to, it actually says on the doors, leave your ego and your shoes off the mat. That's one of the biggest things. So you, you can't go into any jiu-jitsu gym with any sort of ego whatsoever because you, you'll get sorted out really, really quickly. What advice would you give to someone that's looking to start jiu-jitsu as a sport? Because... I've had um I had Anthony Topic in here not long ago who he's like a, a boxing fight promoter, a general manager of uh, Team Ellis Boxing and um also runs like a lot of boxing classes himself. Yeah. And I've spoken to my coach Stephen Rados about this as well. And the advice is always quite different depending on who you talk to about joining like a high contact, high impact sport like what I'm involved in at the moment, which is boxing. But what? Yeah. Like, I think jiu-jitsu, um, a lot of people enter it for different reasons. I know, like, a lot of guys that are doing security now are into jiu-jitsu because yeah. it's all about, like, controlling someone that you want to leave a premises. Um, police are into it. Military yeah. are very into it. What's, um, why, do you think that, why do you think that there is such a high interest from military law enforcement and now the civilian world? And what advice would you give to people that are looking to get into the sport? Yeah, so like Jordan. I know a lot that um, like the Gracies over in America and California, they do a lot of like sponsorships because they're very big in the jiu-jitsu world. They have um, very big Instagram and stuff and they actually run a lot of um, like police training for like grappling and controlling situations because to be honest, a lot of like, not now, now they're getting a lot more people knowing how to position like to arrest people or whatever but back in the day like a lot of like cops would get like overpowered by some massive like sasquatch you know but like that's the thing like for example me like i first i started footy like when i was like 10 11 i was playing footy but i was i was small i'm still not big but i was a lot smaller and one of the guys from my team did jiu-jitsu. So that's why I started I started to like learn how to fall. Cause that's what they learn. You learn how to um you learn how to like like in the warm-up front roll, back roll, side roll, like you learn how to fall and like hit the mat safely. And like this stuff saved my life on like day-to-day basis, like skating and stuff. Like I've bumped some hills before and like hit a pebble and I've gone flying off my skateboard like 50 miles an hour like going quick straight into front a rear naked choke front row <laughs> bang like you scratched up but you're sweet and like some people like to go into jiu-jitsu for this aspect but also like now I do it as like to feed my ego you know like I like to compete I like to push my body to the limit and yeah but for anybody like trying to or wanting to start just having a hobby like showing up on the mats the first day just having like an open mindset because 
to be honest, like when I'm at first class, like being this close to like a human and like having to like control it, it's a bit weird. I was like a bit weirded out as a kid, like, oh, like, I'm gonna like hug this dude now. But it's a style of fighting at the end of the day, like. I think, uh, I think once you get over the fact that it is like rolling around close contact uh-huh. with other blokes and you realize that it's like probably as close to how the gladiators trained, I think you get over that whole like, you know, the, the skepticism of, and the trepidation of like rolling around high contact with it. I don't know, man. I think different martial arts <laughs> offer different forms of that yeah. contact, right? Um, I'd rather learn slowly like rolling around on a mat than like doing Muay Thai when you get fucking kicked in the head. Oh, dude. Oh, <laughs> that's that's right? a, say the beauty of Jiu-Jitsu is um, this thing uh, with, with Muay Thai, boxing, even MMA, like all, all the striking aspects of it. I've got this firm belief that um, you know, a lot, a lot of guys, a lot of rough guys that they they can already sort of, they've already got some sort of mongrel in them where they can fight. And if they do take up boxing, kickboxing, they're going to get a little bit better. Whereas if you, if you pull somebody out of an office and put them in a boxing uh, environment or a kickboxing environment, they're not going to progress as much. But if you put the same person on a jiu-jitsu mat, um, they're always going to get better no matter what. The more you turn up, because you don't have to go as hard, you don't have to go 100 miles an hour all the time. Whereas boxing, uh, kickboxing, I think that there is an aspect of, you know, it's, it's a high-impact sport. Whereas jiu-jitsu is a high-impact sport if you make it a high-impact sport. You don't have to go as hard as you want every day. But any advice to getting someone to get, to get in, sorry, any advice to people wanting to try it out is just to go to a local jiu-jitsu gym and just walk in, do a trial class. And like Jordan said, it is quite daunting when you know, you've got other guys you know, twice your size or even half your size sometimes. You're in very close contact. You know what I mean? I've had guys sweating literally into my mouth before and then top me. And it's not, it's not a very comfortable Yeah, but you're place. into that though. I'm a, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit weird like that. You know? <laughs> I'm a little bit strange. I don't mind it. But it's one of the things, like Geordie said, you need to have an open mind when you're going into a gym. You're going into yeah. a contact sport. You're going into a place where guys have been doing it for a long, long time. Yeah. And it's definitely not for everyone, but it's something that everybody should experience. As far as police and military aspects of it go, yeah, definitely. There's there's so many ways to subdue, um, yeah, what would you call them, like a, a suspect or a, just basically controlling another human being. And there's ways you can do it you know, with your body, without a weapon, without any sort of restraints. So there, there are ways you can take guys to the ground. There are ways you can control them on the ground without hurting them. And that's one thing jiu-jitsu is really big about is, is, is controlling somebody bigger, somebody stronger. There's so many ways. Using to, their biomechanics against them. Exactly. There's, yeah. there's leverage. There's a lot of techniques to, to get people down to the ground, to hold people down without hurting them. I, uh, I got my hand twisted once by um, a guy just showing me a basic hand bar or whatever it's called. Like a wrist lock or something. Wrist yeah. lock, yeah. yeah. Um, fuck the pain. <laughs> I was yeah. useless. He had my hand. Yeah. And he controlled my whole body with that hand. Yeah. It was like, it was, my wrist was bent back and he all, he, he sort of like had it like this. He had my hand kind of like bent back like this. Back towards you, yeah. And he was just walking me around yeah. like a dog on a lead. <laughs> there was nothing I could do. Yeah, definitely. Well, and that- every time I tried to get out of it, he'd just twist my hand a little bit more and the pain was agonizing. Like he would have just broke my wrist if I kept trying to resist, right? So I think there is a way to safely, definitely like lock someone up 
have them comply yeah. and do it in a way where you're not doing lasting damage. Like my hand is fine now. Right? Yeah. Well, like I was saying, there's, look, I'm, I'm not saying it's not going to hurt when they do these things. The, the whole reason that they're going to control something is because they're going to be in a lot of pain. The more they move, the more chances are that you know, they're going to get a broken wrist or a mm. broken arm you know, in them sort of situations. But at the end of the day, it takes a lot more force to actually break something. Unless someone's got, you know, hollow bones or, you know, they're not, they're not uh, accustomed to, you know, that sort of treatment. You know, sometimes something might break, but, you know, you've seen the sort of how forceful some police are to, to, you know, older people and everything, and they're fine. Like, the, what the human body can actually sustain is qu- it's quite amazing. And mm. one of the things, you know, you learn from jiu-jitsu is watching, you know, watching what guys can do to each other without actually hurting them. You know, obviously what they're doing hurts at the time, but then, you know, they roll off the mat and it doesn't hurt anymore. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's sequences of control. What would you think, because um, I'm, I'm quite a firm believer, though, that if you, if you want to learn self-defense, I think boxing is the best thing for self-defense. But I think if you wanted to do as close to learning the critical skills of MMA or I would say close contact self-defense, like in a position where say someone ties you up, uh, hugs you, whatever like that. I think jujitsu far outweighs any other form of martial art. Mm, well, definitely. I'll say a lot, a lot of gyms have a massive emphasis on self-defense to the extent that to, to progress through the belts, some gyms you'll actually have to demonstrate, you know, like 10 or 15 um, like instances where you know someone grabs you from behind with their hands over your arms, there's a way to combat that. Uh, their hands under your arms, there's a way to combat that. If someone gets you in a front headlock, there's a way to combat that. And these are all, um, you know, they're all you can use these things in a competition. You know, if you're in a competition, you get a taller guy who gets you in a front headlock, there's a way out of it. Um, grab their dick and twist it, grab his dick and twist it, <laughs> kick him in the dick. <laughs> That's yeah, the so way out of all of those things that you described. A, yeah, so pretty much if you if you can get it if you can get a hand near the dick, grab it and <laughs> squeeze it as hard as he possibly can. That's it. That's how you win jujitsu competitions. <laughs> a squirrel group, a squirrel group's a short for sure. There is definitely a way to get out of really any human hold, right? It's there just about knowing is. how to do it. There definitely is, hundred percent. There's um look. At the end of the day, if you've got a guy who's you know three times his size, twice his size, and, they, and they've got a good grip on you, you're not going to get out of it. Yeah. But if you've got a guy who's bigger than you, but you've got a, a higher skill set than him, then there's techniques, there's leverages, there's ways you can get out of it You know that, that, are, that, are, that are obviously going to hurt the other person. Not going to maim them forever, but you know you, you might, you know, like you said before... It's like, about creating distance, right? Exactly. In a self-defense situation, it's about creating distance from the threat. Correct. Yeah. That's right. Whereas in a jiu-jitsu competition, it's about engaging with the threat Pretty and much, winning. Yeah. Yeah. In a jiu-jitsu so, so competition. <clears throat> roles are reversed in that instance. Yeah. Well, exactly. But the thing is, you know, the whole thing about jiu-jitsu is, is closing the distance and being as tight as possible. You know what I mean? Because as soon as you give someone space, you give them room to escape. If, you, if, you, if you're chasing some sort of submission, you can't give the person any space because as soon as they have a little bit of room to move, they can escape. Do you, are you more or less trying to smother someone in jiu-jitsu, like with your body weight and then manoeuvring around them in order to try and lock up their limbs? What's the main thing you're trying to do in jiu-jitsu? So there's, 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 very, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of different ways to compete in jiu-jitsu and a lot of different ways to train. So with me, I'm a, 
I'm a fairly stronger sort of a guy. I'm I'm not big. I'm only so sort people of, that don't know Peter's built like a human nugget. <laughs> like <laughs> say, every yeah. everything about him is just muscular. <laughs> so it's good. I'm like I'm five foot nine and like ninety kilos. So I um. Uh, a lot of my strengths lie in my wrestling and you know me having the ability to get on top and stay on top uh, whereas other guys will play this game where it's called playing guard they'll sit back and they'll try and get you to engage use their them. limbs to their advantage yes is that what they're trying to do so what they'll try and do is get you to engage them and then next thing you, you can put your foot in one position next thing they've got your whole leg locked up and you know yeah so they're thing. trying to get you to make a mistake exactly. in engaging them it's like a game of chess is is going straight to guard kind of like a puss out in jiu-jitsu? Oh, look, it's... I don't... I don't think so. It's, it's I not, think Jordan's it's not, got something to say about it. It's this. not my game. <laughs> Jordy's really good at it. So... Do you go straight to guard, Jordy? I used to. Lately, I've been working a lot of, like, takedown and pass. So that's the thing. So in jiu-jitsu, you start... Standing, what is takedown and pass? So I'll explain. So when you start the fight in a competition, you start standing... You tap hands, like, show respect, and then it's on. When they come in to tap hands, that's your time to strike, bro. <laughs> yeah, I've seen people do it if you... Like, nah, it's dirty, eh? It's, it's really dirty. I think so. Yeah. But I've seen it before. But no like, one cares how you win a fight, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, at the end of the day, it's who wins. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, as soon as they come in to show respect, headbutt them. Get them down, <laughs> kick the... Nah. No, <laughs> God, sorry, I'm derailing your... You're doing really well. I was just derailing it being silly. No, um, you're good. No, it's good. So you come in, you tap hands, you, you show tap respect. Hands and, and, then, then, and then and then, and then, the fight starts. So you either got takedown or pull guard. Pull guard means you, you sit on your back and you fight with your legs using... Do, do people go... Sorry to cut you. Do people go straight to their back after they tap hands? Like, is that, Some people sit, but... It's, what? You're actually not allowed to do this. You have to have a grip. Yeah, you can't. You can't just sit straight there. You actually have. You have to make contact and then sit back. So, you, 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 so you what happens if? So question time. Yeah. What happens if two guys? Their game plan is to go to guard. So, you got two guys holding each other's hands, sitting down straight away, trying to get on. This happens a lot. So mm. this happens sometimes, and that's the thing. Like the the refs want to see someone win. You know, so what happens is like we have this whole scoring system for the sport of jiu-jitsu. So Brazilian jiu-jitsu is the sport and then Gracie jiu-jitsu is the self-defense aspect of it, if you understand. So where's the, where does the sportsmanship lie in you're both standing and you tap hands? I would have thought that after that point, when I've- you're about to engage... I would have thought it's more sportsmanlike and and shows a higher skill set to then take your opponent down from that position. Yeah. If so, they offer it to you, it's kind of like yes, they're in a guarded position, but it's kind of like they've already gone to the ground. They've already given you a half of what wrestling to them to the ground would have been. They've, yeah. they've taken that fight out of it. It all, right? it, all it all depends on like your strengths. So like for Pete's case, like he's really top heavy. So he's really good at fucking holding someone on the ground. Right. For so you, you, for me, I'm a bit of both. I like, like now I'm playing more passing guard. I, I'm, I'm really quick with my movements. But so you're trying I've to get on top of someone as quick since as possible. I was 10. Yeah. 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 Like, but like when you're playing top, your goal is to get around their legs and 
like try and finish them. You know what I mean? Like with arm bars, like triangles, whatever. That's that shows. So you're trying like, to get behind them and, to, and, and their lock legs. them in, lock them in a headlock, or around what are you trying legs. to do there? Yeah, it's like a bit of everything, you know. Okay. So usually, so so in this case, so just say someone pulls guard on me. Um, the first thing they're going to do is so there's a point system. So if if you a lot of the time guys don't want <clears throat> first points scored on them. So if you take someone down, you, you score the first points. Right. But when someone pulls guard, if they can sort of get you in a position where they can sweep you to the ground and they come up on top, then they get first points. So by pulling guard, you don't lose points. So the whole thing about it is just trying trying to score first points. Usually, someone like me, as a I like to I pride myself on my wrestling. So I love it when guys stand up with me because then we both got a good chance of scoring first points from each other. Whereas if they pull guard... I would find that's more sportsman-like, right? It's, well, it's once again, it, it goes back to their strengths. Some guys, uh, they don't pride themselves on the wrestling. They pride themselves on their ability to sweep the, the bigger guy or the guy who's standing. Um, but it's, look, as far as sportsmanship goes, it's, um, yeah, once again, it's just a sport. Like I think a lot of guys play to their strengths no matter what the sport is, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, my, my question was, um, let's say you're both starting up and, and then it, it, it becomes like a wrestle to the ground, right? That's yeah. to get the first point. Yeah. That would be called a and then, double guard pull. Oh, no, that's, yeah. Both guys pull. That, that does happen. Both guys do pull guard, but the next thing becomes a game of, yeah, so one, one guy has to get on top at this point to score points. To score a point, Or right. try and submit the other guy from where they are. Yeah, some and, guys, and you some can basically, as soon as you get a leg bar or an arm bar, like that, that's game over for the other person yeah, if they tap, yeah, right? You're trying right. to get them in a position where it's causing them enough pain that they want to tap and make the the, the pressure right, stop, yeah. the fight stop. Yeah, right. okay. So it's not, and yeah, it's not like you, know, you see all your other sports, boxing, MMA, kickboxing, where you've got you know two and three rounds and 10 rounds, 12 rounds, whatever it may be. So jiu-jitsu competitions, you've got one round and it's just a match. So five minutes, six minutes, seven minutes, whatever the rule set is on the day, there's one round. And you've got that five or six minutes to submit the other guy or to outpoint the other guy, and then usually what happens is it's a it's a um, uh, like a single elimination. So as soon as you lose, you're out, and you have to win to progress through the finals. So you do one round per opponent. Yeah. Yes, correct. Yeah. And that how long can that round go for? So depending on the competition, um, you know some some comps have eight minute matches. Some comps have like a five minute match. Eight then, minutes. Yep. Yeah, that's minutes. draining, right? Like it eight did. minute round is a long round. Yeah, it definitely it takes its toll. I've done um. I've done People a... don't understand how long eight minutes of fighting someone actually is. Like three minutes is a long time, mm. in a, and especially in a competition setting, eight minutes is like a long, long time. Yeah, definitely, it really is. But that's the thing. Like I said a bit earlier, it it becomes as hard or as easy as you want it to be. Sometimes you know I've had matches with guys that have gone eight minutes. And we've, we've been standing the entire time trying to take each other down the whole time. And then towards the end of it, you know, one person might get the better of the other one, score the two points, and they win the match two points. Or you can get them on the ground the first minute or two and then work, work your way around the legs, get to a control position, try and find your way to their back and choke them. Or Are you uh, allowed to strike? No, there's definitely absolutely there's no, no striking. Absolutely no striking. There's oh, there, there there are times where when you're trying to get a good collar tie on someone's neck, where you sort of you know, you, you slap them a bit. You, yeah, you you don't mean to slap them, but you know depending on who you're versing, if you're versing someone who you know pretty well, like I verse guys from the gyms who I know really well, then it gets quite heated. So you know you, you, when you go for collar ties, you really kind of get a good grip on the back of their neck or something like that. Yeah, and you do make end them up feel sl- it. Yeah, you, and sometimes yeah, you definitely you want to know you you want to know that you're in a match. 
you really you know you want them to know like because at the end of the day it's a contact sport it's, Mate, a, it's a contact sport and the other thing as well is like that split second of that slapping them on the back of the neck while you're bringing your hand in to contact them mm. if that startles them that's your advantage well definitely yeah if, if you, the other thing is you know you can do things like that to try and get them to do something silly like it's a it is a game of chess you know if you can get someone to you know assert enough aggression to to really try and take you down you know and then you've got a game plan from there you know what i mean sometimes you can have someone shoot you for a double shoot shoot a double leg on you and you can sprawl on them get to the back and get to a choke or yeah and them sort of things happen all the time you know what i mean you really try and uh, push guys in a position where they really try and assert a lot of aggression i think yeah if you can make someone lose their temper that's awesome it's like you said bro it's a game of chess but mm. any any fight really becomes a game of chess oh definitely it's how much damage you can inflict whilst taking the least amount of damage yeah true definitely but the game yeah like Jordy was saying a bit earlier with um you know guard passing and being on top so once again anyone who doesn't uh know what guard passing and you know a top every game is you just have to jump on youtube and just type in, you know, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu guard passing, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu takedowns, things like that, just so you get a bit of a better idea. Or this weekend on Sunday, there's a competition that I'll be competing in if anyone wants to watch. It's in Sutherland Basketball Stadium. So that's the ADCC national titles this weekend. So hopefully I can take out the professional division there. And I'd love to see someone there watch. <laughs> That'd be good. Is there much interest in these competitions? There, there has been recently. I had a mate come watch me compete a few weeks ago. And he actually said to me during the day, he goes, man, I can't believe how many people are here. This is becoming the new CrossFit. And at the time, it didn't really register with me. But then later on, I thought, you know, well, since UFC is becoming so much bigger and you've got Volks at the moment, you know, killing it in the UFC, we've got an Australian, you know, we've got Draws that attention, right? Yeah, draws a lot of attention. You now we had Robert Whittaker hold, hold the title for a long time, you know, another Aussie. So it draws you know, a lot of people to the sport of MMA. And then the biggest thing, I think the biggest component of MMA is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I believe. You look at pretty much every single... You wouldn't have the MMA without Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Well, no, right? definitely not. I mean, look, pretty much every world title holder has probably got a black belt in Jiu-Jitsu or a fantastic wrestler. The, whole, the, whole, the biggest thing about MMA is the grappling side of it. Obviously, you know, you get these awesome highlight reels where guys are getting kicked in the head and punched and knocked out and stuff like that. And yeah, it's awesome that's, to watch. that's usually about half the fight. The other half is on the ground. Yeah, definitely. And the, the the idea of MMA is to gas them out and get them to ground and make them submit. Yeah, well, it's good to see a lot of time in the year. You're seeing guys finishing guys with rear naked chokes in MMA. It's huge. The rear naked choke, that doesn't come from boxing or, or kickboxing. That's that's jiu-jitsu or wrestling. And yeah. The, the MMA side of things is definitely heavily influenced by Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I remember back in the day when MMA was fresh, yeah, the Gracie brothers just cleaned people up. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty amazing to watch. I've um I've done a seminar with uh, I can't remember which one it was. I'm really bad with names. No, it wasn't Hickson. It was Hoyler. Hoyler Gracie. I've done a seminar with him, a, a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu seminar, and I think I learned more in the two hours that day. Yeah, this this is going back a couple of years now, but um probably you know the two years or three years before that day. I reckon I learned more in that two hours with Hoyle Gracie than I did in the previous couple of years training. But just they're absolutely an amazing family to, um, you know, they, they, they've pioneered jiu-jitsu. They're absolutely amazing to watch. And then you got, um, is it Kron? Kron Gracie now in the UFC? Is he fought? Yeah. He hasn't fought for a while. And you know, these guys are absolutely amazing to watch. And the fact that they're continuing that legacy through, through the ages is just mind-blowing. 
You know what I mean? It's, it's really hard, especially, you know, with children myself. Trying to get them to do jujitsu is extremely tough. So trying what to the get grace children is, to do anything is extremely tough. Yeah, exactly. Unless you have like the right amount of chocolate. Oh, that's, I think, yeah, I think <laughs> if you have a good supply of chocolate, you can get young children to do just about anything. Pretty much anything, exactly. Yeah. So the thing is, like, that's the thing, this family of, you know, I don't know if they force them to or if they genuinely enjoy what they do, but they've pioneered the sport from, you know, the 20s, 30s and 40s up until today for a hundred years they've been they've been competing and not just not just um competing but winning world titles and you know and still they're still at the top of their game and their grandchildren will probably do the same thing in 10 15 years from now so it's a pretty amazing sport i think you know everybody out there should definitely go to a local gym and check it out get on the mats do a trial class have a go it's not for everybody that's that's 100 percent. it's not for everyone but it's definitely everyone should have a go at it it's something everyone should definitely experience in their life. Definitely. I'm actually keen to do it. I've got a fight in two weeks, but then afterwards I was thinking, oh, because there's a, there's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu place up in Maroubra, just up the road. Yep, SJJ, right I know the one, yeah. And I was like, I walk past it sometimes um, if I'm going for dinner or getting the groceries or whatever. And I look in the window and I see like all the guys on the mat rolling around. And I'm like, that looks pretty fun. Yeah, it is. But uh, I just haven't... I don't have the time to commit to that. And also, if they pull a muscle or a tendon on me right now, I can't afford it. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? 100%. But after the fight, pff, open gate. After the fight, so me and Jordy would love to have you up at our gym. It's a fair yeah. way from here. We're up at Warriorwood. Pacheco Jiu-Jitsu at Warriorwood, mate. We'd absolutely You guys love to don't want this smoke, man. Oh, we don't want us there. You Good guys don't want this. I'll let, yeah, I'll, I don't know, Fanny. He's a little Jordy's bit. Jordy's laughing a little bit too much. Like a little bit, he's a little bit too confident. Jordy, that. he's pretty good. I'm, I'll tell you what, Jordy. Before Jordy went to South America, Brazil, and um, sorry, before Jordy went to Brazil and America just recently to compete in the World Championships, he um, I used to be able to pretty much have my way with him on and off the mats, which is a lot of fun. <laughs> and since since he's been Take back, how you will. <laughs> Since he's been back, it's it's like it's like fighting a different person. I, yeah, the, the camps skill, changed you a bit, you reckon? Yeah, man. The skill that he developed over there is unbelievable. I've, yeah. I've never seen a transition from you know, honestly, I, I reckon I watched Jordan go from a boy to a man in the space of three months just because of jujitsu. Yeah. What it did for him over there was unbelievable, and I, I consider Jordan probably the best blue belt in the country right now, without a doubt. I don't think there's a blue belt in the country that can beat Jordy. Like last year, last year's like ranking. So like the way they base the ranking off is like how much you compete during the year. Last year, last year I debuted at adult belt, like adult division, not juvenile. I finished the ranking at place fourth in Australia and I beat number one. Wow. At the ACT. Wow. Okay. In the open weight division. Cool. Very cool. So, but now like. After the Worlds, a lot of those guys, like a lot, of, we had a big team for Australia going over to the Worlds. So I saw a lot of the guys like I've fought before. Um, a lot of them have gone up belt. They've gone to the purple now and I'm still here, but that's because we're not really sure. I'm thinking of, not thinking, I am going to be competing next year at Worlds. So, and that's, that's like, if you go to purple, goal. does that put you up in a it's whole like another thing? It's is that like a level. whole different, different it's league of. Level, and different league of fighter people you'd be fighting yeah. and yeah so does it make a little bit more sense to stay at blue for another year well th- yeah that's the thing like for me it's it's a belt 
at the end of the day, it just holds my gear together. Like, the actual, like, the end goal is to be Black Belt World Champion. That's when you're certified. You're known as the best. But, like, leading up to that, man, most of those guys smash any Black Belt, like, in Australia. Like, the level from, like, Brazil to America compared to here, it's very big. Especially, like, in the gi. In the gi, I feel like they've developed the game a lot more in these last couple of years while Nogi's been blowing up. Because, like, we have these guys like Gordon Ryan, like, all those guys in America focusing on the Nogi, um, doing really crazy stuff. Like, those guys have been really good for bringing eyes on the jiu-jitsu world. But... After the Worlds, I feel like a lot of people have coming back to the gi. It's getting more more eyes on it. And it's it's good for the, for this. Like, doesn't even, like, have to be the black belts. The blue belts are weapons. Like, what some of the stuff they're doing there is, like, it doesn't happen often, you know? How much time per day and how long... Would you say you'd have to do jujitsu, like sparring, rolling with people, doing classes, all that sort of stuff, to get to a stage where you are, I would say, more or less good or above average in the sport? So, it at the end of the day, it's like, it's how much you really want it. You know, like, for me at this point, I'm treating it as my job. Today was just jujitsu. Like, right now, we're talking about jujitsu. And it's this morning when I woke up, I was like thinking of jujitsu, like it's consisted like my whole day. And those last three months, I'd wake up, go straight to the morning class. Each class would be like two hours long, and then have something to eat, go lift weights, and then my day's done by like one o'clock, you know. Um, and then we would have like more study, but like for the any regular Joe on the on the day, like just showing up, like that's all it is. Like, I just, yeah. But how much time would you say would you want to dedicate to it per day? Like, so with um, I think look, so mo- most classes, so your average class would go for an hour, maybe a little bit longer. But um, if you if you were just wanting to progress in jujitsu over a amount of time. It's, it's going to take... It's not just going to happen in you know, three or four months. It's going to take, you know, 18 months, two years. Years, yeah, years right? To, to actually do, to get to a point where I've you always, are above I've always, average. I've always had the... Being given the information, and you can correct this... You can correct this uh, if it's right or wrong. Someone told me years ago, and I've kind of never forgotten it, it takes 10 years to get a black belt in jiu-jitsu. Oh, definitely. Give, give or take. Well, there's guys... Uh, there's an Aussie guy named Kit Dale. He, um, he did it in four years. Uh, he, is that like unheard of, or is that look? Well, yeah, well, definitely, it's definitely unheard of. But it, it's it's hard to say. But he 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 went from a white belt to a black belt in four years. But he was winning world titles at every belt. There's a guy in Australia right now, and Josh Saunders, and I have never seen anybody with a. You know, he, he's a big guy, 120 kilos, probably a six foot four, an amazing athlete. I've I've versed this guy, I think three times now in competitions. Each time, I think it's lasted less than a minute uh, than that, he, that he's finished me. Um, it's taken him, I think, 23 or 24 months now to get a brown belt. 
And he's already competed on the world stage against the best in the world. And he's been doing jiu-jitsu for two years. And he's on a brown belt. That's one on a black. He's right? one on a black. But he's dedicated, as far as I know, he dedicates, you know... His life prob- to the sport. Right? I think so, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, he's, he's probably doing a session in the morning, a session at night, plus his weight sessions and, and all that sort of stuff. Plus, Taking it, well. like, seriously. He definitely takes seriously. And once again, amazing athlete, amazing competitor. So the average Joe, you'd say after a few years, you'd be pretty good at jiu-jitsu. Definitely. But for the yeah, average Joe. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, the thing is, to become, for guys to become above average... The average Joe, if he wants to become above average, he needs to be competing probably at least, you know, two or three times a year. If he wants to be above average as a blue belt, as a purple belt, as a brown belt. But then you Is got the guys. idea of competing so that you're coming into contact with other people that are going to stress test you? I think definitely. Like, so with me, for example, I, I love to compete because I, I'm, I'm a very proud person. I love, I love to take pride like in the fact right? that I've challenged myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I, I love the challenge. I love turning up. I love the butterflies that I get before I compete. I like, you know, I'm an ex-footballer, and um, you know, I played a lot of rugby league. I played um, over 100 games in the Queensland Cup, and I, uh, you know, not playing footy for the last five years, I, I really miss that competitive side of things. I really miss, you know, really challenging myself. And jiu-jitsu has given me a whole another, whole another avenue to to explore, you know, a challenge. And the thing is, a lot of guys will compete because their clubs might say, all right, you know what, you're due for a blue belt, you're due for a purple belt, but we want to see you compete. So some guys might progress through their belts that way, uh, whereas other guys are not interested in competing whatsoever. They do it recreationally. They train two or three times a week because it's really good for their fitness, it's really good for their mental health, it's really good, you know, to, to get out of the house. And, you know, that, that's, that's the way some guys progress. And in that case, yeah, you're probably looking at 10 years for a, brown, uh, for a black belt. 10 to 12, 13, 14 years for a black belt. It doesn't just happen, you know. There's, there's, yeah, there's so no like the, those guys that aren't interested in competing to prove where they're at skill-wise, they're probably going to get a black belt based on the fact that they can do all of the tasks to a, a high standard, but they haven't necessarily been in competition, right? Yeah. Whereas if you go and compete and you're beating other purple belts and stuff like that, it's probably like, okay, time to go to black or... You know, well, we're, uh, to yeah. brown, yeah. So yeah, yeah, sorry, to brown. Yeah, 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 yeah you're yeah. never progress more than one belt. But um, yeah. that's the thing. You'll um, the competitive side of things. Uh, some some guys will, you know, they'll, they'll win a combat of blue belt, and then you can never ask to be promoted. The only person that's going to promote you is your coach, is your respected coach at the time, and that that they'll decide when you're ready. Um, so you, it's not like you can go and just go in a competition. Say if someone thinks they're good enough to compete as a brown belt, and they're only a blue belt or a purple belt, they have to compete as a blue belt. They can't just go and jump in a comp. And you know, the next thing is, they go and compete as a blue belt. You know, they win that comp. They do it again. They win the next comp. Sooner or later, the coach is going to have to give them a purple belt. And then they get progress there for the next 12 to 18 months. So, yeah, it's definitely not a... What um, changes when you go up the belt system? It's a re- that's a really, really hard question. I, I can never answer this one. But the, the thing is, I think the biggest thing is um, just your consistency turning up on the mats. Just being there week in, week out. And the thing is, you're never, you're never going to win every comp. Some guys go in and win every comps. You know, there are freaks out there. There are guys that can do it. Um, but what changes is just probably just your attitude on the mats. I think just turning up and just doing the right thing, making sure you're still... You know, even staying back and cleaning the mats after the class. You know, giving the mats a mop, things like that. But as far as, you know... Showing I, respect for the gym. Yeah, respecting the gym, respecting your opponents in the gym. Like, we've had... I've heard stories, you know, before I joined my gym, there was guys that came in, 
probably with a chip on their shoulder and, you know, they're running around submitting everybody. But they weren't there to learn. They were there to chase submissions. And the coach has gone, you know what, I appreciate your time. Thanks for coming, but, you, you know... You know what we want at the gym. It's, yeah, we, we, you know, you don't fit in here. You don't quite fit in here. And that would happen at a lot of gyms. But the thing is, you know, if you're turning up to gyms looking for submissions, that's fine. You can do that. There are gyms that will accept you. But if you're going there because you want to learn, you want to develop skills, you want to be better at jiu-jitsu, you want to be a better person, that's one of the biggest things about jiu-jitsu is just developing skills over time. And, you know, if you've got a competition, go, go for it, go for gold. Go try and submit everyone. Do whatever you can to submit them. That's good. That's competition. I feel that's like why that's the doing. place for that. Definitely. It definitely is. I feel like competitions is the place to go and chase submissions. 100%. I feel like at the gym you train at, it should be treated as like, this is where I do my homework and competitions is the test. Yeah, definitely. But in the gyms, like we do have a competition class every Friday. And you know that's that's you know that's the time where you can really showcase your skills. You know those you know me and Jordy get together and try and rip each other's hands. An off. internal competition in the gym. No, not not internal competition. Just a class where it's a simulated competition. That's what I'm saying. It's an internal. Basically, internal yeah, competition. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's it's more of a simulation. Not so you're in, not, you're in not getting, the gym where you're, yeah. you're you're versing the people that you train with every day. Exactly. Yeah. And you really get to see. You really get to put everything into practice you've done through the week. So well, that's beneficial. I mean. It's in a controlled environment. You're not going 100%, or maybe, I don't know. Some years, um, there's definitely times where you go 100%. And, and you're trying to make each other better for the competition. That's right? what it is. That's all yeah. it is. Like I said, developing skills over time. You, like, we never, like me and Jordy, good mates, even though I'm, what am I, 12, 12 years older than you, 13 years older? 13 years uh, older than Jordy? That's right. I'm a little bit older than Jordy, but um, yeah, you know, we're, we're good mates. and. Off, off the mats, you know, we, you know, we show a lot of respect to each other. And then on the mats, you know, we get there and we really, really try and cause each other damage. Let me ask you a question. Um, and I can only really come at it from the, the boxing side of things. So when I learned boxing, it was for and with an end goal in mind. And that is to compete and fight. And I had to get fight ready in 10 weeks. The amateur boxing fight, right? And so the break-in period was very abrupt. It was like I was basically a human punching bag for probably the first four to six weeks, <laughs> yeah. and it hurt and it sucked, and I, everything hurt all the time. And I'd come home with blood all over my face, nose fucked up, ribs caved in, like <laughs> I was getting pounded, right? And it's only now that my skill set is increasing that that's happening less frequently. Yep. And, but the thing is, I told myself I'd rather it hurt in training so it would hurt less in the fight. Yep. Right. So, but the the thing about boxing is um, it does hurt, right? It physically hurts when someone punches you in the face. Very high impact sport. Yeah, it's a high impact sport, right? Um, That's what you sign up for. You know that if you're going into boxing... You don't have to do it right away. You can build your skill set up so that when you do step in and spar someone, and you can start off light. I didn't have that. I didn't have that luxury. But the average Joe can do that, and then you can build up to higher and higher contacts. My question with jujitsu is: Does it hurt? And if it does, can you build up to it as at a pace that you're comfortable with? It's a good question. Um, See, like I said earlier, you can go as hard or as light as you want. There, there are weeks where you know you're gonna just do positional training. You might, you might start just you know you might try and work from attacks from one position, and you're not going 100 miles an hour, so the impact is not going to be as high. Um, 
but like saying a lot of guys to progress you can't go 100 miles an hour all the time because you're just going to burn out there have to be weeks sorry there have to be days and weeks where you go lighter where you try and develop skills under pressure from different positions and you work your way out of positions and then there's times you start on the back for example you want to try and finish your rear naked choke there's no point in going 100 miles an hour trying to get to the back you start on the back of your opponent and then you know you give yourselves a minute to submit or escape so there are definitely times where you have to go a little bit slower and there are definitely times where you got to go a little bit harder so you start on someone's back that's positional training yeah so if you're trying to so for the, for the person on the back they're trying to finish they're trying to submit the guy and then for the person who's got the other one on their back they're trying to escape what I say. and once they escape you start again on the back and then same is thing it, from, is there any part of that simulated training that hurts no well or is it uncomfortable it's definitely uncomfortable I suppose if you someone gets you in a rear naked choke and they've got their forearm across your neck it's pretty much if you're going to get like a baseball bat across someone's neck and pull it back you know, towards yourself that's how it feels you know you've got someone's bones going across your neck it's quite painful yeah yeah so it's uncomfortable it, it does there's like an element of pain but I mean you've by that stage surely you have signed up and, and are kind of aware that what's going on and you're probably more or less mentally ready for it. It's, that's not happening to you on day one, is it? No, 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 definitely not. No, 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 definitely. There, there, there's a reason. There's, there's beginner classes and there's advanced classes. There's, there's all different ways to begin. But as far as pain goes, like I say, a choke is not so bad, but then you've got things like your arm bars, your, your shoulder locks, your leg locks, your wrist locks, all those sort of things where, you, where you're attacking joints. And the thing is, you're not, you're not there to try and hurt the person. If, if you hold on to one of these submissions long enough, you're going to break a wrist, you're going to break an arm, you're going to break a leg. That's what jiu-jitsu is designed to do. It's not designed to hurt. It's designed to break you. That's why guys tap out in time. So to answer your question, there are times where you are going to get hurt because some submissions come on very, very fast. And sometimes you can feel it coming so you can tap in time. But like I said, in a competition class or in a competition itself, um, you know, sometimes you're trying to escape an armbar and next thing you've, you've got a, you know, a torn ligament in your arm somewhere. Um, and it sucks. That happened to me uh, last year. I had a guy having an armbar, and I thought I had an avenue out. And the next thing I heard something, well, I actually felt something pop, and it's actually affected me for a long time. That arm's still not great, <laughs> but you know it can hurt. Um, I'm not saying it, it doesn't have to hurt all the time, but the harder you train, the more chances you have of getting hurt. But that's the thing. It just comes back to how hard you want to train. If you want to be competitive you got a higher chance of getting hurt. If you don't want to be competitive, if you want to do it recreationally, which a lot of people do, chances are you're not going to get hurt. Yeah, see, it was, it was actually, I thought it would make a cool podcast if we actually met up at that gym. We rolled around for like half an hour or whatever. That'd be awesome, yeah. Taught me a few like basic stuff. Then we have a little competition and then we did the podcast. But that story you just told about that ligament going pop, <laughs> I just can't afford that at the moment. <laughs> but I, I did think about it. I was like, oh, should I invite him to go and do that and blah, blah, blah. But then I was like, the thing about, the thing about jiu-jitsu or any sport, any, any high contact sport is like, yes, you can control yourself, but also sometimes it's all about like, you know, show you how good I am. Next minute, my arm's fucking dangling down near my knee. So I just couldn't afford to take the chance of... Mm rolling around on a mat with two like you know guys that are very 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 deep into the jiu-jitsu world um and worse if i tried and put myself in a stupid position and i hurt myself i just didn't want to take the risk but i did think it would have been a cool podcast to meet up on the mat 
you guys teach me a few things you know what i mean then we like have a little a little see if i've picked anything up or blah blah, blah see how it go but um yeah i just couldn't couldn't take the risk but i, th- I did think about it i thought it would have been a cool podcast yeah, <laughs> yeah bro man and that's after, the thing. after my fight though we'll do it after yeah for sure <laughs> like saturday saturday yeah. morning we have open mats like this is for anybody that shows up anybody can show you up reckon i could make took jordan tap I can't, I can't even make him tap. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's, like I said, he's, he's developed you know, in, in, in three months. What, what happened to him was just, it's, oh, I've never you seen You just see before. as he's walking into the gym, I just sprint from the car park <laughs> and just jump <laughs> on his back. Just jump on his back. <laughs> I, I reckon I'd have to hold his hands by his side. <laughs> you know, I'd hold his hands and he can get his neck in <laughs> But no, it's... Um, That's confidence right there in your abilities. You know that? Yeah. Like I said, I, I have a lot of respect for Jordan as a person. I have a lot of respect for Jordan as a competitor. And above all else, I have respect for him as a teammate. I, I believe, like, like I'm 33 now. My, my competing days are probably numbered. Uh, Jordy's 19 years old, you know what I mean? He's uh, only just started, bro. He's only just started. You know, he's got a long time yeah. ahead of him. So if I can, you know, someone like Jordan's going to help me progress as much about, as much as I possibly can in the next couple of years and then vice versa. I'm going to do my best to help Jordy get to his goal, you know, as, as a world champion. And that would be amazing to watch Jordy become a world champion and I'd, I'd invite anybody else to come watch him as well. He's yeah, I'd, li- I'd like to, yeah. I'd like to I'd like to go to a competition and check it out. It'll be yeah. good fun. Next weekend, me and Jordy are going down to the ACT together and we're going to compete for the uh, ACT state titles. So I'm going for I'm going in four divisions. So I'm got uh, the gi and no gi in my weight division and open weight. I think Jordy's still in the gi. Is it? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna because I went there last year and I won it. So I won the so I'm actually cutting weight now. So I was last year I fought middleweight and then the open weight. I won double gold. Wow! Won Congratulations! All my thank you. I've won all my fights in the middleweight by submission, and then. All my fights, other than my second one, I won by submission. But the guy was like 97 kilos. This guy was like six foot. He was tall. I'm a, I'm a tiny guy. I'm like five, five six. I'm like <laughs> five, six. How many kilos are you? Right now, I'm walking around 73-ish. And what's your fight Back, weight? F- fight weight, 70 now. 70 kilos. 70 kilos. And Peter, what's yours? So uh, right now I'm I'm actually cutting weight for so this weekend I've got to be 83 kilos and right now I'm still about 87 so I've got to lose four kilos by Sunday. How you gonna do it? Uh, sauna. Oh, I've been in the sauna this Arvo. Um, today I think I've had a piece of salmon and a couple of almonds. That's about all I've had today. Oh, so fuck. I'm uh, I'm struggling. I'm sitting here starving right now. I've had a bit bit of water so. No, it's just the air sauna and just, just sort of really watching. I'm going to bring out the cheesecake in a minute. Oh, we'll see, <laughs> we'll see how strong your will uh, is. Man, we're both on cut weight cuts right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. So we'd have to, yeah, we'd have to see. I'm bringing out cheesecake and ice cream in a minute just to <laughs> test the boy. I can't even eat it, but I just want to see how strong your will is. The willpower. Willpower. Today I had yeah. chicken and salad. That's mm. it. Like, I'm I know, I know your weakness would probably be a few beers. Yeah, and, uh, oh, yeah, and a bit of bar- <laughs> and a bit of barbecue and bread do, or something. I do, I do, I do love a beer. I think anyone, anyone that yeah. knows me, I've, I've actually Jordan, been I feel like Jordan's weakness would probably be like maybe, hmm, probably you probably got a sweet tooth, Jordy. Yeah, I do. Yeah, you got a sweet tooth. Yeah, man, I'd get you with the bag of La- Maltesers. Last I reckon. year, last year <laughs> I was thirteen kilos heavier. Thirteen kilos. Thirteen kilos. Were you just eating more? Man, 
I was a little fat shit. Really? <laughs> Man. But then I so started... So jiu-jitsu I, and the discipline has got to you, has it? No, because I was really serious about my jiu-jitsu back then as well. But like now I'm taking it serious. I want this to be Four my competitions, career. right? Career, yeah. Yeah. Like now we, I, there's a lot of people making career off jiu-jitsu, living just off jiu-jitsu. This hasn't really happened that much in the last like 50 years. It's still a baby sport. Mm. Yeah. Now people are making money off it, making oh yeah, bank career, off it, right? rich people off j- just jujitsu. Yeah, yeah Volkanovski yeah. off the UFC. Um, Gordon Ryan now on just jujitsu, like and now like I I watch what I eat. I well, you have to for competitions, body. right? Yeah, you recover, have to make weight. I recover my body. Like physio sessions, jiu-jitsu training, cardio. Do you enjoy weights. physio? It's what I have to do. It sucks. I fucking hate it's physio. It's painful. I'm like I've got this little hip click I found out. <laughs> like this has been an ongoing thing since I was like 14, 15. And I finally got it checked like the other week. And now it's... um. What they say it is? I got an x-ray and I got like a little like anatomy problem with my hip. Like tiny little thing but it's creating like a little like a nick in my hip so like for this I need to like before I come to the training I need to warm up my hip all your enemies guys are listening to this right now learning your weaknesses (laughs) mine was um I went to the physio and um because I was getting pain in my right ankle I didn't Uh know what it was um and like kind of like a sprained ankle yeah but it was like not going away and I get like, there. yeah, and so like I'd run on it, and, and then at night when I'd go to sleep, I'd put like um the heat cream, uh-huh. you know, like deep like heat. I'd put deep heat on it, and um it just it would just throb, like it'd just be throbbing pain. So I went to the physio, and what it was was I'm putting so much stress on my right calf because that's my power leg yeah. in boxing. So as I'm moving around the ring and then throwing power punches, my right calf is like tensing. Like under the load, mm-hmm. and um, because I've never used it that much before, I've gone from like nothing to like super high impact. Yeah. Over the last six weeks, I've just tightened that right calf up to the point where I've got um, you do like a bend test on your knee. So basically, you put your yeah, you yeah, put yeah, your yeah. foot off a wall yeah. and you bend oh, you bend your knee up against the wall, and you see you start moving your toes back to see how much m- movement you have. Yeah. And my left was like a hundred and twenty mil. And my right was like 25 mil. <laughs> That's how tight my right calf was. I couldn't even bend my knee past the line of my toes. And um, the, physio's like, the physio's like, yeah, we've got to work on this, right? So it takes me over to like, just like light massage. And I'm like, oh, this is all right. Like the yeah. physio's not too bad. And he's like, okay, lie on your stomach. Boom. And then bro, seriously, like I felt like I was being like torture interrogated. <laughs> I started saying shit that I have never said to anyone <laughs> just to make the pain fucking stop. Hey, like, oh, bro, he got like, he's, started, he started got, admitting things he, yeah, yeah, bro. I admitted to shit I hadn't even done yet. He, um, he got his fucking forearm, bro. And was like rolling pin it up and down my calf, bro. I was in so much pain, right? Like I was gripping the leather of the, of the, of the massage bed. And man, I was sweating. That's yeah. how much pain I was in. Yeah. And he's like, we got to do it because I've got to like loosen up this calf. It's got to be uh, released, yeah. Yeah, yeah physio you know, sucks, man. They do yeah, say, yeah, yeah it's, it's quite painful. And um, 
Yeah, look, I've never been a big fan. Look, I don't mind getting a massage every now and then. The, the, the worst one is your ITB down on the side of your leg. You know, when someone gets their elbow into that one. Ooh, yeah, it's tender, isn't it? It's funny, my, my defence mechanism for the pain on a massage table is laughing. <laughs> so I went to a, a Thai massage place a little while ago. I ended up getting a bit of a surprise towards the end of it. But anyway, <laughs> um, I had no idea it was what it was. Uh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but sports I, massage. We a, just, we, just, we rub everything massage. down. Yeah, yeah. Sports massage. But I remember when she was when she was getting into my ITV, I was just just on the side of the table, just pissing myself laughing. She goes, "What's wrong? What's wrong?" I'm just sitting. It's my defense mechanism. It's just a laugh. Yeah. So that's all I can do. It's, it's, it's still, it hurts, it hurts, it hurts. But fuck, it's, if I just try and laugh my way through it, some, it's, it's, it's a weird defense mechanism, but it works for me. That is what it is. Yeah, and she's yeah. like, I've made you laugh. She now I'm going to make you calm. Well, pay for an hour massage. I was only there for about seven minutes. So <laughs> you know, I don't know what to do with this. Uh, this is weird. Stop trying to grab my dick. <laughs> I, mean, what's, what's, I don't know what to do with the extra 52 minutes. Like, what, do I, what do I do now? <laughs> so seven minutes was her working on your ITV. <laughs> it was about eight seconds on the other thing. Nah, but the massage is uh, yeah, physio is it's definitely rough, and you know they've got their work cut out for them. It's just, it's just, it must be a tough gig, you know. I, I suppose probably a lot of fun for them as well. Watching these, you know, especially footballers, you know, these massive 120 kilo guys, and they can you know have them screaming in pain. Yeah, you know, with the with the forearm, even you know, just a couple of fingers, you know, on the side of the leg, and the ITB, you know, about it straight away. Man, I think the weird thing too about doing, um, especially high impact sports, is you start using things on your body that you're not actually conscious of, and they start right. tightening up. And then once you go to a physio and they start actually doing like all these tests on you, you're like, man, my glutes are real tight. And then they have to massage like inside of your glute muscle, like right. on the where you were talking about your ITB that runs up up your thigh, the side, yeah, yeah the, the side of your glute on the side of your bum, yeah, mate. That if they start pushing in there, that is agonizing, mm. bro. Dude, like, I had this done on me like last week, like, yeah, man, like with my hip. So what's wrong is like years of like playing guard, having adults. I used to train the adults class when I was a kid, like 15, 13. like. Against like that's crazy adults, um, like I was like a little kid. I was like 40, 50 kilos against like full grown men, having playing guard like them pressing against my legs, like all this pressure on my hip bones. Like over the years, man, like it's just like it's gone bad. Like so, last week, man, like the guy, um, our physio, his name's Bruno. Man, this guy does magic. Like, now my hip's fine. But the things he had to do to me, like, elbow right in the back of my hamstring and the like, muscles that I, like, like, tingling and sensations that I've never felt in my life. This guy just bang, just, just with his thumb, he put something, and I was like, the whole thigh just... Where did he put his thumb? <laughs> nah, on my, on my hamstring, on my hamstring, on my hamstring, oh, right, on my hamstring, right, on my right. hamstring. Okay. <laughs> Just trying to make sure because yeah, yeah. this is an adult-friendly podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Boys, um, any uh, anything you want to wrap up with just to send a message out to people that want to get involved in jiu-jitsu or come to competitions and just try and like get a bit more eyes on the sport? Yeah, look, my, the biggest thing about jiu-jitsu in Australia at the moment is it's definitely not a, not a spectator sport at this point. 
But there are so many competitions week in, week out in Sydney, you know, um, all over the country. There's competitions everywhere, and I'd you know, really, really encourage anybody to go rock up to you no. Know, just just look online. There's a there's a site called smoothcomp.com, and all the competitions are all based on there. There are all, all the information about them there, the locations, the um, the times, and everything. Go and ha- go and have a look at the comps. Go and have a look at it. Like one of the biggest things we want, you know, is trying to get sponsors. You know, we want to send Geordie back to the World Championships again. I, I, I want to compete all around the country. I want to compete uh, on the Gold Coast again soon. You know, so it'd be good to get some sponsors on board, you know, get some more spectators there. Prize money in the competitions would be amazing. So sponsors on the competitions. So you know, I, I'd really, really, really love to see guys get to the competitions, actually watch, talk to the competitors. You know, because we're, we're the same as everyone else. We can, you know, we're all battlers. We're all work full time. It's not our full time job. We're not NRL players. You know, we really, we, do, we really love what we do. And you know, we want to show everyone how good we are at it. We want to show people our skills. We want to you know, share our knowledge. It's, it's awesome. So if anybody's interested, jump on smoothcomp.com, have a look at where the competitions are, have a look at the times, rock up and support, support, you know, support your people, support you know, your family, support your mates. Um, you know, and if you, if you haven't got deep pockets, I jump aboard. I'd love to put someone, you know, somebody's name on my gear or on my shorts. Yeah, I was going to ask, so where can people find you? So my, my Instagram link is galza underscore 13. That's G-A-L-L-Z-A underscore 13. Um, Just send you a DM there. Anyone that's looking to sponsor... Oh, I'd absolutely love it. If any, any, anything would be appreciated. Even just entry fees and competitions. Then, then it's nothing much. That anything's appreciated. Um, but yeah, that's that's my Instagram, Geordie. Yeah, yeah like... That's, that's all we have time for. But no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? Oh, Could you imagine? His face would just drop like... <laughs> nah. But like, that's the thing. Like, um, that's what we're trying to do. Like... Yeah. Where can people find you, Jordy? Uh, my Instagram, uh, Jordan... It's my name. Jordan Dickie BJJ. But my name's spelled a bit different. It's G-E-O-R-D-O-N. And then Dickie. D-I-C-K-I-E. BJJ. Mad and are you? Uh, you're obviously in a position where you you'd love to get a couple of sponsors behind yeah, you. Yeah, for sure. Like yeah. that's the thing. I want to make this like my life. Yeah. This can only really happen with these like helps. Like, like Mate, now, I've got, I got sponsors for my for my yeah. fight. Like it's just it's, it you helps can't do it without so it. much. Yeah, it helps so much. Like, like what Pete said, paying registrations, like traveling, like this stuff. It's hard for us competitors to get a hold of, you know? Like, we have to stop training to work. And then we have to stop working to train. You know what I mean? It's like a battle always. And, like, this helps, like, to help us get better. To help Australian Jiu-Jitsu to grow. And to make a name for ourselves, you know? Like, this is, like, yeah. the big thing we want. Well, we could be sitting here with, you know, future world champions, so... Yeah, and you know, people out there, if you if you've got a if you've got a sports business or a you know a brand that you want to launch, or even even a, a company that's um that's been going for a while, and you're looking for a new athlete, you know, Jordan and Peter, are, you know, they're they're looking for they're looking for that help and help grow the sport in Australia. What a great opportunity! So, Very good. Sure, I said sure. any help would be unbelievably appreciated. So yeah, please please reach out, guys. Please. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys, thank you very much for coming in. It's been a great chat. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Legend. All good. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.